Amos chapter 7. I'm so thankful for God's word. Glad we can dig into it one more time tonight. We're going to be down at verse 10. So Amos, let's see, it's near the end uh, of the Old Testament. So before Zechariah, before Micah, uh, and then after Daniel. So just a couple chapters long, but we'll be in chapter 7, verse 10 tonight. And it says this, Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, saying, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel. The land is not able to bear all his words. For thus Amos saith, Jeroboam shall die by the sword, and Israel shall surely be led away captive out of their own land. Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go, flee thee away unto the land of Judah, and there eat bread, and prophesy there. But prophesy not again any more at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel, and it is the king's court. Then answered Amos, and said unto Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman, and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, tonight we thank you for another chance to worship you. And Lord, I pray that you'd use me to preach tonight, Lord, that you would open up our hearts and our minds to your word. And Lord, that you'd make it come alive in our hearts. And Lord, teach us tonight, Lord, from your word. And Lord, help us to apply it as always to our lives. Lord, we thank you for its truth. And Lord, use me tonight. We ask uh, in Jesus' name we pray and amen. So we don't know a whole lot about the prophet Amos. Uh, he said he's a herdsman. We are a herdman. We see in this passage in the beginning, it says he's from the town of Tekoa, which is in Judah. So the southern kingdom uh, and this we know it's a it was kind of a rural town, a hilly area. And God sent that uh, that farmer, that that herdman, uh, the, the fruit gatherer from Tekoa uh, in this uh, small uh, rural area. He sent him all the way to the northern kingdom, to the big city of Bethel and uh, to preach the truth and uh, 2 Kings 14.23 tells us Jeroboam reigned for 41 years and then verse 24 said and he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat uh, who made Israel to sin. So we see uh, there that uh, Jeroboam was the one uh, that caused uh, that that idol worship there uh, in Bethel and in Dan, uh, the the golden calves in those places. So uh, he was a wicked king. Uh, there was problems, and uh, there's Amos preaching judgment. Uh, and that's what God called him to do to preach judgment against Israel. And he's got some of the strongest language that we see of any prophet. Uh, and, and among them, among the different prophets, and you think about, uh, they needed to hear it. They needed to hear the truth, uh, but they didn't like the truth but Amos 4 12 here's one of the big ones he says therefore thus will I do unto thee O Israel and because I will do this unto thee prepare to meet thy God O Israel and I preached about that a while back from that passage and you think about that statement from God he's saying hey uh, he's like I have sent prophets I have tried to get your attention and he's just saying prepare to meet me right prepare to stand before me uh, in judgment prepare prepare to meet your maker 
scripture. They would say uh, uh, today in jest mainly. They don't really believe it. Uh, but that's what God's saying. He's saying, hey, he's trying to give them a wake up call. And I can't think of a more serious one than he says, hey, you better get ready to meet me uh, because that's what, it, what you're going to see. But here's the thing. God didn't, he doesn't enjoy bringing judgment. He doesn't, he's not a vengeful God. You know, some think he is. Some think he, uh, they look at the Old Testament and say he's a, a mean God. He's a spiteful God and everything else. But God said he's not willing that any should perish, uh, but all should repent. Uh, and he loved Israel. And because of that love, he wouldn't let them continue in their sin. He wouldn't let them continue in their idol worship and everything else and, and forgetting him and, and all their self-sufficiency. So God would continue to send prophet after prophet to them uh, to wake them up. And aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit does the same thing for us today? Aren't you glad that he convicts us when we sin? I, I'm telling you, it is a good thing that we feel that guilt when we sin against God. When we mess up, that is good that we feel uh, that guilt in our transgressions because that tells us the Bible is true. Right. When God said uh, he would uh, uh, rebuke and chasten those that he loved and he said he wouldn't abandon his children, but he would chastise us when we get out of line, just like we have to do with our own children. And if God said he would do that and we see that happening in our life, then that is a reminder when we get out of line, we're still one of God's children. Praise God. But he doesn't like doing that. He didn't enjoy doing that. Uh, but he he's doing this to wake them up. Remember Amos 4.12, prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. But then in chapter 5, for thus saith the Lord, this is verse 4, thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, seek ye me and ye shall live. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not unto Beersheba, for Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. He says, you come back to me and then you'll live. You, you seek me out. Uh, I said, prepare. I told you to prepare to meet me. But guess what? I'm going to give one more uh, chance for repentance. One more chance for mercy. You come to me. And notice he says, seek not Bethel. Don't you go to Bethel. Don't go there. That's where the idol worship is. That's where the golden calf is. Don't go to these other holy sites of Gilgal and Beersheba. Uh, you know, uh, you could do like uh, many do in other uh, other religions today uh, where they'll go to a site and they'll worship the site because of something that happened there. They'll, they'll worship a place because that's where God brought a victory uh, from the hand of a faithful man of the past. And God's saying, hey, I don't want you to go to that site. I want you to do the same thing they would have and repent and come to me and trust in me. That's what he's saying. Amos 5.21 says this, I hate, I despise your feast days, and I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them, neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vials. God says, don't even bother worshiping me in the state you're in. Don't even bother doing it. If your heart's not right, don't you worship me. We've got to worship him in spirit and in truth. And he's telling them back then, he said, I hate your feast days. I hate when you come together and you call it religion and you call it a celebration, but you're not, uh, you're not doing it the way in the right heart and the way I've told you to do it. He's saying, I'm not accepting your sacrifices. You can bring them. Uh, you can go through the motions and everything else. And I'm not listening to your praise either. 
Don't bother worshiping me if you won't do it the way I've commanded. And that's the that's some of the strong words of judgment uh, that God had given to Amos. And you see he is naming Bethel right there. And now you can see why we're getting to the passage where we were at in chapter 7. Uh, God is told, he said, don't even go to Bethel. Don't even worship there. And then overall, don't bring me your burnt offerings and meat offerings. Don't do any of that stuff until you seek me, until you repent. And then what do we see in chapter 7? Then Amaziah, the priest of Bethel, sent to Jeroboam, king of Israel, Amos hath conspired against thee in the midst of the house of Israel, and the land is not able to bear all his words. That's chapter 7, chapter 7 verse 10. So we find out there is a man, Amaziah in Bethel, that's calling himself a priest. So that means he's the one that would conduct the services there. And remember, God never told them to worship there in Bethel. He said, you go down to Jerusalem, right? That's where the temple is. That's where the altar is. That's where all the things are. But they built their own uh, replica version of the parts they wanted. And then they set a golden calf in the middle of all of it. And there's Amaziah, the priest that would have uh, uh, led the worship there uh, right around the golden calf. And the Lord said to avoid Bethel and instead to repent. And you think think about that priest that message that Amos was giving the people was a direct threat to him right it was a direct threat to him it was saying don't you go to Bethel and he's the he's the head of Bethel he's the head of religious worship he would have been powerful and everything else so what does he do in verse 10 he tries to discredit Amos's character doesn't he he, he sends message to the king. He tells the king, hey, what's he doing? Amos is conspiring against you, right? There is a conspiracy. He is trying to overthrow you. And you think in those days that was serious, right? If you're trying to overthrow the king, that's treason. They would kill you for that. Uh, and, and that's what Amaziah the priest is accusing Amos of treason there. Uh, why? Because he doesn't like what's going on. And guess what? Whenever you and I walk by faith, whenever you and I trust God, when we are given the truth of God's word out, we should expect the same opposition. We should expect the same thing and we shouldn't be surprised when false religion and this world and everyone else joins hands together against God. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. They opposed him. Remember, uh, several groups came together. Herod and Pilate weren't friends until it came to uh, Jesus coming along and them having to try him. Then they became friends over that right uh, the world will come together uh, in opposition to go against Jesus Christ guess what at the very end they're all going to come together to fight against him so we should not be surprised when they we are attacked like this Amos why was he attacked he was bad for business, right? For these religious ones and this false religion. He said, I don't want you to avoid, I don't want you to worship in Bethel. I don't want you to send your sacrifices until you genuinely uh, repent of all of that stuff. And if they weren't willing to get rid of the golden calf, which I don't think they were, and Amaziah wasn't willing to repent and do what God told him to do, he was, Amos's message was a threat. And that's the same thing with this world. And here's the thing, even if the king didn't believe that conspiracy theory, look at the end of verse 10, the land is not able to bear all his words. He's saying the people can't handle this truth. 
The people can't handle the message that Amos has. And it reminds me, uh, if you remember the Gospels, uh, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together after they heard that Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead. And in John eleven forty eight, 48, they said this, if we let him, talking about Jesus, thus alone, all men will believe on him. And the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. They were so afraid that everyone would hear about what Jesus did, that uh, everyone would turn to Jesus Christ. Oh, I wish this, I wish we would understand how powerful the gospel is because they were genuinely worried about this. And remember, uh, what was it? Caiaphas said, uh, you don't know anything. uh, Basically, he said uh, that this one man should die for the whole nation. And he ended up, that's probably one of the only true things that he ever said. But this prophet was telling the king that we can't allow this information, this message that Amos has to go out. It is too powerful. There'll be an uprising. We'll lose power. We'll lose money. He says, you're going to be overthrown and everything else. And you know what that reminds me of today? There are so many nations in this world that say that this book right here is full of fairy tales, right? It is false. There's nothing real in it. Yet... If you have one of these things, you will be severely punished. Why? Why would they say on one hand, this is worthless, and then turn around and say, we'll kill you if you have it? Because they say we can't, the people can't handle the message, right? Praise God, they can't. You know what they can't handle? The men that love darkness rather than light, they can't handle it when some light gets turned on because you know this, it can be pitch black and all it takes is a teeny bit of light and then all of a sudden you can start seeing things that you couldn't see. And that's exactly what God's word does and that's why the enemy wants it gone and that's the same thing they wanted right here. He says, I, uh, they can't handle this message. Why? Because they would see the truth. And there would be an uprising spiritually, praise God. Look what he says in verse 12. Amaziah was talking to the king. Now he talks to Amos. Oh, oh, thou seer, go flee uh, thee away into the land of Judah and there eat bread and prophesy there. But prophesy not again anymore at Bethel, for it is the king's chapel and it's the king's court. You know what he's saying? You need to go back to where you came from. That's what he's telling him. He came from Judah, and he says, you need to go back there to Judah. Hey, why don't you prophesy to them, right? We're t- I'm tired of hearing what you have to say for us. Why don't you go prophesy to them? We're done with that. And don't you see that? We don't need your message of judgment, right? We don't need your hate speech. We don't need the, uh, the words that you have. Uh, we don't need you uh, telling us that God says that we're wrong when we think we're right. Don't we hear that today? Isn't that what we get? Why don't you just keep it in the church there? Uh, Why don't you just talk about it here and nowhere else? Or talk about it in your home and not anywhere else? Leave your religion at the door, which I think is the biggest joke. Imagine them saying that to other religions that have to dress a certain way. Why don't you leave that religion at the door of your house? Yeah, yeah, come on now, yeah. They're saying, why don't you just go away? And isn't that the solution of so many today. If we could just get the voice to go away. If we could get the truth to go away. If we could get the Bible to go away. And stop being preached and taught. Then everything would be okay. And isn't that sad? They want they want to head straight for hell. With no speed bumps. And, not, and hearing nothing along the way. And it's sad. Now here's Amos's response. So remember. He's been uh, discredited. He's been accused of a conspiracy. 
and then he's been told to go back home and, uh, and, and go back to where you are and prophesy there. Here's his answer in verse 14. Uh, then answered Amos and said unto Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son, but I was a herdman and a gatherer of sycamore fruit. You know what he's saying? You're accusing me of leading a conspiracy. You're accusing me of overthrowing the government and everything else uh, because you're uh, this powerful and professional priest of Bethel. Uh, but he says, I want you to remember something. I didn't grow up wanting to be a prophet, right? Uh, I didn't. That wasn't my goal in life. And I wasn't born in a family where my father was a prophet, you know, where I would kind to take on the uh, the job uh, next in line. Uh, I didn't follow my father's footsteps. He said, I was a herdman. I took care of a flock of sheep. I gathered sycamore fruit. You think about that. He was a common man. He was a laborer. Uh, he just, uh, they call it blue collar work today. And I, I stop and think right there, aren't you glad that God chooses all types of people to serve him, right? He chooses all types. When Jesus chose his disciples, he picked several fishermen, uh, uh, they didn't have the religious training. They didn't go to seminary and everything else. But again, they were common men. And Jesus said, I'll make you to become fishers of men. I'll teach you. Uh, and aren't you glad? There's Amos, the farmer in Judah. And God sends him north to Bethel to prophesy against them. And that nation was enjoying peace and prosperity. Right? He sends him away. He says, I want you to go from the rural life uh, to the city, and I want you to tell them the truth because they're living in peace and prosperity, and they don't realize judgment is coming. Mm. And I thought about myself. I thought about me. Yes, I. I've got several degrees, and I went to some seminary classes. I got the quickest degree I could, and uh, a lot of those classes just drove me crazy. Because they were trying to convince me things about the Bible like it wasn't as, uh, they had a very low view of the Bible. Like uh, the Old Testament was just for history, which means I couldn't use it to preach tonight other than to tell you the historical part. There was no spiritual or moral or any lesson that we could apply to today, which is garbage. Uh, so instead of helping me, a lot of times it hindered me, but I'm thankful that I God's placed me here. Right? God didn't put me in the in the big city. God didn't put us there. Uh, he was able, He planted a church right in the middle of the fields and everything else, and said, "Hey, uh, we'll put a witness right here. We don't need professional religious people. We don't need any of that. We just need some common people that will listen to God and obey God." And that's what He did right there. God is willing to use anyone that'll trust Him. Yes, He used Apostle Paul, who uh, raised up at the feet of Gamaliel, an expert in the Jewish. Religion. Religion, but God also used Amos the herdsman, and I said, Praise God for that. Praise God, He uses anyone like that. You know what God told Him to do? Verse 15 The Lord took me, and as I followed the flock, and the Lord said unto me, Go prophesy unto my people Israel. God said, Go, and He went. That's what I like. I wish I would do that more in my life. Whenever I see things like that, it blesses me, but then also it challenges me. Why? Because we need more people like that. More men, more women like Amos. When God says go, uh, we go. When God says do this, we do it. Uh, he left his flocks. He left the sycamore grove. And he headed to the cities in Israel to spread the word that God had given to him. But you know what? I thought about Amos's time that he lived in. And I feel like some days we're living in a similar time, aren't we? A time of false religion, a time of idol worship, 
a time of self-sufficiency, right? Because everything was peaceful and prosperous. Isn't that where we're at today? Uh, uh, all the things are great. Uh, times are going good. Yeah, we've got uh, little issues that we're dealing with. Uh, but for the most part, uh, we're not dealing with any sorts of problems that were dealt with in the Depression and other times, uh, uh, even in this country. Uh, but people in these times of prosperity, they do the same thing. They start to slowly walk away from God. And if they don't walk away from God, they start to slowly rely on God less and less because they can take care of themselves. And you know what Amos told him? He said, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Your sins that you uh, are so freely uh, leading in will lead to disaster and to death. But aren't you glad that he also sent him a message that there's still time to repent? He said, I, I'm a merciful God. There's time to repent. And what you think about that? What's our message today? It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You're enjoying peace. You're enjoying prosperity. You know, you're living better than the generation before. Uh, things seem to be going good. Maybe you've got the, uh, you know, the professional religionists and everything else. Uh, but here's the thing. God doesn't, he's not listening to that praise. He's not accepting that sacrifice. He doesn't like those feast days. Why? Because they're not worshiping the real Jesus, right? Not in spirit and in truth. They're not pushed. They're not repenting, right? Well, we We've got people that will make decisions, maybe even get baptized and everything else, but they don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I, I, I tell you what, we could get up here and get as many people uh, to say a quick prayer and as many tally marks as we could, but that would just send people continue to send them to hell. We need people that are really saved today. And that means we got to preach the truth. And that means it's going to sting. And that means it offends people. And that means from time to time we get pushed back. And them saying the same thing they said to Amos. Why don't you go preach somewhere else? right? Why don't you go witness somewhere else? Why don't you take your Bible and your tracts and everything else somewhere else? Why don't you take all that talk? I don't want to hear it anymore. I can't handle it. Right? We can't handle these words. I don't want to hear it. It's still the same. We can't give up. Because maybe Amaziah won't turn. But somebody else will. Right? Maybe one of the people will. Our message today is the same message of repentance. But instead of telling them just to turn to the Lord. We're telling them today to turn to Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. I think we got a bunch of Amoses today. Maybe we're not all farmers. Uh, maybe we do all kinds of different uh, jobs and things like that. But I'll tell you what, we're not, uh, uh, we're not relying on the fancy things. We're just relying on the truth of the word of God. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, Amos faced opposition. They didn't like him. He, he brought a strong message from God. They didn't like it. But guess what? He kept going. It, it, it doesn't end right here. He continues to prophesy. In fact, he answers him. Uh, he goes back and answers him. Uh, verse 16. Now, therefore, hear thou the word of the Lord. Uh, and then continues to prophesy them. And then verse 17. Therefore, thus saith the Lord. So even when Amaziah, uh, the professional uh, priest, the one that was powerful and everything else in Bethel, even when him, he was directly going in Amos, Amos came right back with him with the word of God. That's what we need to do today. That's how we're going to keep on going. That's how we're not going to quit in the face of adversity and persecution is we've got the word of God. God, I believe this. He has specifically called us each into certain jobs and he has put us in a certain place. 
for such a time as this. It is not by accident that we're here. It's not just uh, by a series of random chance events that we've got this people here at this church. God designed it that way. The same thing's true at your school and at work and everywhere else. In families, God's done it this way on purpose. So you know what we need to do? We need to trust God, just like Amos did. Trust God, stand on the truth, and keep going to the end. And guess what? In judgment, Israel, the ones that did not heed the warning, it is on them, right? Amos gave them the truth. He didn't hold back. Now you flip over to Lot. Remember Lot's there in Sodom? And he's tore up about it. His righteous soul is vexed from day to day. Second Peter tells us, but I can't find any evidence that he ever told them before the day the angels said, hey, you got to get out of here. I can't find that he ever warned them or he ever told them it was wrong. I, I tell you what, now the, the people of Sodom can't use that as an excuse. But there's an awful lot going to be on Lot for not in judgment, for not telling people the truth. The choice is ours today. We can either be an Amos and tell people what they don't want to hear. Or we can be a lot and be tore up about it, but keep our mouth closed. We got to be an Amos today. All right, we're going to ask everyone to stand.